In today's episode, I spoke with Amber Nasland about the current state of MarTech, marketing to marketers, and LinkedIn. And if you don't know Amber, she's a highly regarded marketer with over 20 years experience in marketing, social media, and sales. She's actually currently an enterprise sales leader at LinkedIn on their marketing solutions product. So let's dive right into the episode. <laughs> All right. So we'll start out with a little bit of context building here so the audience can get to know you a little bit better and then dive into MarTech and things like that. But if you wouldn't mind just sharing what the touch points in your career journey have been like that have led you to where you are now, that would be very helpful. Oh, man, I, it's really hard to do that succinctly because my career has been a meandering wild path. I was a music major in college, so none of what I do for a living was intentional. I ended up in marketing very accidentally. And I started off in nonprofits and then got recruited into the corporate world way in over my head in the marketing world. So I learned a lot in the trenches of marketing and stumbled into the tech world also about 15 years ago, thanks to the partnership I had with a little company called Radiant 6 way back in the day. And I've been in tech ever since. And then recently in the last year, I took a big leap of faith and made the move from marketing to sales leadership after a really long time in marketing. So. Again, I've mostly followed my nose in my career. I've never been a big like five-year plan person. So my career has been a messy, winding path of serendipity, really. And I think that's common for people that end up being successful and enjoy what they're doing. They've tried a lot of them. I don't think that's, that's too out of the question for other people too. Along the way for this transition between marketing to sales, what are some of the key learnings so far of what you like and what you don't like one versus the other? I'm actually really glad I made this move. I've been contemplating a more moving into a more commercial role for a long time. One of the advantages of being in tech and I would say a scale up sized marketing orgs before I came to LinkedIn is that I was very revenue adjacent. So I was always really close to pipeline, always had a lot of mandate around revenue and demand generation. So it's a world I know. And again, I was waiting for the right opportunity. And here at LinkedIn, the opportunity arose for me to move into a role leading teams who sell to our technology customers. And our customers in LinkedIn advertising, of course, are marketers. So there were two comfort zones for me. One was tech and one was selling to marketers. And those two things made it feel like a safe move in a lot of ways because I could cut my teeth on learning the sales business without also having to learn a new industry and a new customer. So that was a very helpful transition. But being that close to revenue for a long time absolutely made this an easier transition. I think I would have been harder if I was in some wild, far-flung marketing role. But I, working so closely with sales for so many years, it felt like a very natural transition. I know many marketers and myself, I've included myself in this many times, be, be, want to be as far away from revenue as possible. It's the scariest thing. But ultimately, I think there's less anxiety knowing what you're doing and being attached to sales. So this new sales side that you're on, and you've been a marketer for, I guess, 20 years now. Are there Don't any... I'm that old. <laughs> but are yeah, there... that's true. Are there any marketing specific skills right now that you think are particularly valuable to you right now in 2023? Data analysis and storytelling through data. I am not naturally inclined to be a data-informed human. I don't love spending a lot of time in spreadsheets and dashboards. Like, I, I love the data when I'm given it. I don't, there are some people who really enjoy diving into the deep end with data. I'm not one of them. 
but I also think it's a really important skill set that I've had to continue to work on. It served me well in my forays into sales leadership right now, but it's also been really instrumental in me being a more effective marketer over time. I think we can get a little bit of analysis paralysis. The digital world has given us such a flood of data that I think we can sometimes over-index on too much data. Like I'm looking for indicators, not granularity, but I do think it's increasingly important for marketers to understand how those dots connect and the data between what they do and how it impacts the rest of the organization. So you talked about revenue fear on marketers. And the reality is it's because we haven't done a really good job of working across silos to understand how our work drives sales pipeline or how our work informs product and platform positioning or how our work gets us closer to a customer experience that's ideal. So to me, marketing sits at the nexus of all those things, but we've siloed it. So being able to connect the dots through that data and understand how to tell a story at a brand level about our role in that marketplace is really important. You brought up telling stories mixed with the data on the storytelling side. When you found yourself marketing to marketers so much where they can see what you're doing and they know what your job is and what you're doing, how do you think about telling a story to marketers in a way that's still compelling, even though they know all the dirty secrets behind the scenes? That's a great question and one I think a lot about. I think that my role either in previous roles where I've been more of like an advisory or consultant type role versus even now being a sales leader is speaking to marketers as if we are all trying to collectively solve the same problem together. A lot of times when I sit down with a customer who happens to be a marketer, to your point, they know a lot of what I'm already telling them. I'm preaching to the choir to some degree. So I look at it as how am I arming them to make the business case inside their own organization to better articulate the value of what they do? So how can we make our marketing customers the superstars in their org? How can we make them better at their jobs? How can we give them the ammunition, the data, the insights, the positioning of championing what they're doing in a way that they can then convince the CMO, the CFO, the CEO of the impact of their work. So looking at them as allies, partners, and peers versus customers, I think is a very important way to think about marketers marketing to marketers. But that means that we have to speak in a lot of language about we and us and not us and you. In what ways, this two-pronged question, but in what ways is selling to a marketer easier And in what ways is it harder? Easier because, like for me personally, because I speak the vocabulary and having been in that role, I have a deep amount of empathy for the challenges that they come up against or the things that they're being asked to do and how many demands are put on a marketing organization today. So I have a lot of immediate trust building when you understand and can speak that language. What's harder is that And it's no secret that right now marketing is, it's under a fair bit of scrutiny. We're getting more and more pressure to attribute with causality all of the things that we do to drive revenue. And as marketers know, a lot of marketing is slow burn, long term. There's a an ambient level over everything that we do that's very hard to quantify in a spreadsheet. Combine that with the fact that many of the marketers that I work with 
set their plans and budgets at the very beginning of the year and don't have a lot of latitude or wiggle room over the year to change that strategy or shell game the money around. So it's like, how do you extract more value from what you're already doing with those partners to prove out the investment over time versus making a hard sell at the beginning? There's a lot of justification that goes into marketing. And that's hard because it's not like you have unlimited upside and everything. You got to really move into a partnership mindset and demonstrate the value of what you're doing first before you can ask for more. I think that's what a lot of sellers get wrong. Definitely. And that's a point you keep bringing up is this idea of providing the value up front, whether it's in your marketing, whether it's in your selling. And now with AI and all this stuff that's making it easier to create things for you, how are you differentiating what's valuable and how you still bring value to the table when it could technically be easier to make things now, but they might not necessarily be helpful? Oh, man, that's a, I can go on a whole side rant about that, but like more isn't better. And shortcuts don't often serve us. So it's like just shortcutting the process to create more noise is not the answer. If anything, I think I've been coaching my team and our organization to go the opposite direction and simplify and try to do fewer things better, which is easier to say, but like really emphasize the importance of customer intelligence. You can never do too much discovery, whether you're in marketing or sales, you can never understand your customer, their business, their problems, their challenges deeply enough. And these days, those wins can sometimes change in like at a velocity that's very hard to keep up with. So for me, it's not just about pumping out more stuff because we want to talk about ourselves more. It's actually stopping and taking a step back and reverting into tell me more about you customer that I want to work with, because the more I understand you and the more you believe that I care about your success and the success of your business, the more the solutions become more evident. Like we have so over like over-focused on this idea of funnel and conversion and the last mile of lead generation. But if the lead is the last mile, the brand and relationship and the trust that we're building is the first. And we like, I've shortchanged that in a digital world, because we're like, oh, we need the clicks and the lead forms and the whatever. More content is not the answer. Better understanding is the answer. Yeah. And there's there are a lot of companies that are still trying to do that more and more, but not really considering the quality of that or where it leads. So it's interesting. And you yourself have had experience working with smaller startups at the beginning, or even I don't know how recently you've worked at a small startup, but you've also worked at bigger companies like LinkedIn or Salesforce, like big companies. What is your perception of the the difference or the differences between how marketing gets done in these different stages of companies? So it's been a minute since I did like raw startup. So like my last real startup, I think, was Radiant 6. And that was like we exited in 2011, I think, to Salesforce. And then I went like right into the deep end of Salesforce. So like the contrast between those things is pretty massive. And I've done a couple of like mid-scale or scale-up organizations with Sysmos and Hootsuite in the middle. So I've seen the spectrum. And... The scrappiness of startup marketing is really fun, but often comes with the challenge of category definition or reframing category definition in a market that is already has some like predetermined notions about like where you fit in that ecosystem. So there's a huge hill to climb with product market fit and positioning to get right 
at the outset because it, it drives everything. Like that drives your ability to build pipeline and revenue reliability. And getting if you're in a SaaS world, like the almighty, you've got to have those things, but you can't do that unless you're positioned properly in the category. When you get to that, like an organization at the scale of Salesforce or LinkedIn, one of the biggest challenges is almost an embarrassment of riches. Like you have so many things you could do and oftentimes so many silos and functions and priorities that like marketing gets a little navel gazy. So you start to add like all of your marketing to yourselves more than you're focused on your customer. And in my early days of startups, I was in customer meetings. I was talking to customers. I was working with customers. So I had a really close bead on what they were dealing with. You lose some of that in a bigger organization, the further away and in the more senior you get as a marketer, like the further away from the customer you get, the more you work on like your own sets of assumptions versus being really tight with the customers you work with. So the complexity of the organization, like you get in your own way a lot more when you're bigger because you're managing the internal politics and silos and all that kind of stuff, as opposed to being really laser focused on what you need to solve for your customer base. Going off a tangent here, but I am curious with all the roles that you've worked with, the different companies and stages, you've no doubt seen pretty much every type of marketing role there is, whether you've done it yourself or worked with somebody who did. Right now, given the advent of AI, everything that's been going on this year at least, what do you think is a role that has maybe outsized potential for growth or another way of saying it will be increasingly important as time goes on in marketing? I would say twofold. It's brand marketing and product marketing. And product marketing is a very specific set that like works in my world of especially in technology. And it's not that function doesn't exist in a lot of other sectors. But as I alluded to earlier, I think we've over-indexed on creating growth marketing and performance marketing and all the things around digital that we feel like we can somehow out-optimize like low brand saturation in the market. But so many companies struggle with just the true mental availability and market of people knowing that their brand exists, knowing what problem they solve, and whether they're even in the consideration set. So I feel like we've gone too far in the direction of performance and demand level marketing and like bottom of funnel stuff. But the reality is there are only so many people who are in market to buy any solution at any given moment. Like it's a fraction. Research says it's like about 5% or less. So if you think about the 95% of the out of market buyers, they are not in a sales motion yet. They need to understand more about like why you even exist and why they should care. And that's brain marketing. But we've somehow decoupled that and said that brain is this big esoteric thing that we can't measure and is like about Super Bowl ads and is not somehow like intricately tied to our ability to build demand and pull it through. I feel like we're going to have a resurgence of the need, especially in B2B, of brand and creative marketing to take center stage. It's the only way you truly differentiate. And the product marketing is the layer underneath that of category definition positioning, product market fit, all of the things that build the credibility underneath the brand marketing that need to happen. Earlier on, you alluded to this idea that marketing right now is under scrutiny and often being cut or limited because of financial scares or whatever's going on. And that kind of leads to this idea of B2B companies or just any companies that are 
looking to acquire MarTech tools, maybe have slowed down a little bit on that. If you look at kind of the landscape of MarTech tools right now, what do you think best tools or the best MarTech companies are doing to still give themselves a shot to sell even when times are a little bit tougher? The MarTech landscape is obscene. Like you look at it right now and it's you it's so overwhelming, but I think it's an indication of how much we have tried to solve strategic problems with technical solutions. So there's a lot of things that we need to reset on how we're positioned in the market, how we I'm being really repetitive here, but like how you're positioned in the market, how you define your category, how you differentiate from your competition, how well you know your customers. You cannot automate your way through all that stuff. So like tech is really important for two things, data ingestion, meaning like how do I aggregate many sources of data and make some sense of that data? I think that's important. I'm a little leery of anything that tries to over automate a process, especially a customer facing process. So I'm all about automating internal workflows whenever possible to make us more efficient. But again, efficiency is not the marker of strong customer relationships. Value is the marketer of strong customer, like the marker of strong customer relationships. So I'm leery of any marketing org that thinks that they can just build a tech stack and get around the problem of needing a strong brand position and strong customer intelligence. But what I do think is helpful is things like intent data in a cookie-less world. We are needing to understand more first-party signals. We're needing to understand more about like true buying group intent. So not just individual, I clicked on a link and filled out a form, but what are the characteristics and indicators of broader committees of people that are signaling to us that they're in a buying cycle? That data is really complex, but I think it's going to be more and more important as time goes on because one thing we can't get away from is from marketers is like the importance of segmentation and targeting to get really right. But I, that doesn't mean just like blasting out p things to your email list, sophisticated segmentation and targeting, understanding common denominators for pockets of the market that are going to drive profitability for us. Anything that gets at that stuff, I'm like way on board with. What I don't need is yet like another email service provider that has six different features or one more dashboard or one more like automation tool, because I think we're going to over index on automating things that should not be automated. So if you look at that, the criteria you've given, some of the pros and cons and things that are going on right now, is there a company or one or two companies that you think are actually doing a really good job marketing their MarTech tool? I've been a big fan of for a while about what G2 is doing with their intent data. I think they've built a really compelling platform. I've always been a fan of HubSpot. I've known those guys from the early days and they keep innovating and reinventing themselves in meaningful ways. Like they understand their customers so well that they've continued to build and add value into that platform in ways that are, they really know who they are and who they're not. So they've just done a really good job of staying true to what they and they're not trying to do, they're not trying to do all the things. They're trying to do the right things that are like a perfect fit for their customer set. So I really have always admired the work that they do. I think some of the new sales enablement platforms are really interesting because I think now sitting in a sales world, I recognize the need for a lot of that. So the high spots and the sales lofts and things like that are doing some cool stuff. 
again, I'm leery of like over automating things that shall not be automated, but I do think that there is some there there helping sales teams find like the sales and marketing orchestration thing is such a bugbear for a lot of companies. So ways that we can like make it easier for marketing to get resources in the hands of the field and for the field to surface the resources they need to solve customer problems. It's an internal workflow thing, but I think has a ton of potential to add a ton of value to companies who are floundering with that right now. Last question here is really just around what you're building now. You're at LinkedIn, you're in a sales role, but using your marketing knowledge along the way. Would love for you to just talk through what you're actually building there, just in terms of what you're working on, what it's meant to do, and what the goals are for mar the marketing solutions side of LinkedIn. Yeah, we're in a really interesting time and space right now, very specific to my role and my team. We just went through a fairly significant reorganization within our enterprise group. So for us, it's like, how is our particular understanding our customers really deeply and what it distinguishes them from like our strategic accounts or our small business solutions. Like how do we serve them as true partners and what do they need from us? The one common denominator there between our customers and us as an organization is the ever elusive topic of like measurement and attribution, especially as it relates to the brand stuff I was talking about. So how can we build like really well integrated scorecards and insights to help our customers understand the impact of their investments. Oftentimes in a world of media, like I sell advertising. So in a world of media, a lot of people look at that as like the last mile. So they've got their full digital strategy and then, okay, we're going to make and flight some ads in these campaigns. So we're trying to build better holistic insights with some of our partners internally to talk about the full journey or funnel or whatever analogy you want to use of why like the ads are one component of that, but how do we illustrate the value of B2B marketing at scale? And how do we talk about LinkedIn's role as a platform, not just that like the media units we sell, but how do we work across our lines of business? How do we illustrate the value of B2B marketing in organic and with our editorial teams and the creator ecosystem, like tying all those threads together so that B2B is more strategic and less tactical, I think is the thing that we're always working on. 